0: Welcome to Advantage Over, the podcast for the rugby referee community, or simply those in rugby who want to know more about refereeing. Are you ready? Time on! So welcome to episode 12 of the Advantage Over podcast. You're very welcome to join us here as we talk about all things refereeing. Well, we've come to end of a bit of a um, a very busy period with the Autumn International Series and loads of things that have been going on uh, and we can talk about. Um, Plenty of issues of controversy. I think if you uh, have a scout around social media or the news articles or the commentary off the back of this window, um, you'll be able to pick-point those things out. But what we've seen um, is lots of referee development ahead of a really important 2019. Um, It will be interesting to see the next batch of appointments for the Six Nations tournament. Um, Usually World Rugby pick those in the next week or so and last year they were announced in the second or third week of December so it'll be interesting to keep an eye out on those appointments to see what we can learn and perhaps what World Rugby's view has been uh, off the back of this batch of appointments and this batch of matches um, as we look ahead to Rugby World Cup 19. Um, Since the season, uh, the Since the series closed out, last weekend we've had the World Rugby Awards and our congratulations go to Angus Gardner um, who was named the World Rugby Referee of the Year for 2018. Um, Let's head over and speak to Angus and see what he had to say um, as he picked up his award.
1: So for the Referee of the Year Award, just a massive honour really. I mean, I think uh, as a referee you're privileged uh, to have the best seat in the house. And um, you know you do pinch yourself in these moments in big Test matches where you're there with some of the best players in the world at the best stadiums in the world, um, and you're the bloke in the middle. So yeah, it is a very humbling, uh, pretty pretty humbling uh,
0: experience. Great stuff, Gus. And hopefully you can take that work on into 2019. But before we start to look too far forward, there's still another game still to go. Um, and this weekend, if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, so the 1st of December, um, we say goodbye to the, from the international scene to Ireland's John Lacey, who's announced his retirement from international rugby after um, the Barbars versus Argentina, um, as he looks to transition across into a new high um high performance role with referees with the Irish Rugby Union so um, a stalwart of the international season over the last couple of years um, so it's been great to watch his development over that time and we obviously wish him well as he um, finishes the season off for the Pro 14 level um, and then heads across into that new role so good luck to John after the back of that hopefully your game um, at HQ goes well this weekend. But while it's the um, middle of the season in the Northern Hemisphere, it's off-season time in the Southern Hemisphere and we've already started to see some of those unions looking ahead to the new season uh, next year. Um, in New Zealand, um, they've announced the 34-strong national referee squad for the 2019 season um, with a whole host of new faces joining there. 12 new referees in the squad um, including um, a gentleman by the name of Jono Braden who is people might know from New Zealand as being a netball umpire um, who spent the last couple of years moving into rugby union. He was the umpire of the year in 15, 2015 and 16, um, and took charge of the 2018 Commonwealth Games netball gold medal match there, um, but has been looking at, um, at the rugby field um, and has been working with Ben O'Keefe down there and developing his career. So it's a transition from one sport into our sport. So um, congratulations to him. But we're also seeing some players um, taking the Glenn Jackson route um, into the refereeing side with, with Daniel Wenger, for the former Bay of Plenty, Hawke's Bay and Chiefs Scrum Half, um, also picking up that first role in the national referee squad. So congratulations to them. Um, interesting to note that the squad of 34 includes six female referees um, with the likes of... Um, Lauren Jenner, who will be on the 7 Series this year, working with Rebecca Mahoney, who's been on for a season or so now, but with four other new female referees, Brittany Andrew, Maggie Koga-Or, Larissa Collingwood and Monique Daly. So it's great to see um, a host of new referees coming on there um, as they look forward to their new season um, next year. Now I'm sure they've got a couple more weeks left on the beach there um, before they really start to get into pre-season training territory. So lots been going on with the Autumn Internationals, lots of um, interesting views to be had about individual decisions and we can all look at those and think about how we as referees learn from what we've seen and, and being clear about the pictures that we take into our rugby on our side of the world and no matter what, no matter what level um, we're operating under. Um, we obviously learn from the best at the top we learn how we might do things we learn how we might not do things and how we deal with the really high pressure situations that we as match officials find ourselves in and um, so lots to think about and lots to take forward into um, our ongoing seasons here in the north or perhaps to think about as they head into um, a new season later uh, new season in 2019 for those in the southern hemisphere so Good luck to those operating this weekend. Um, thank you as ever for any feedback that you've provided into rugbyreferee.net and to the Advantage Over podcast. We'd love to hear from you and um, to know what you're interested in, what your thoughts are, what your questions are, what you'd like help with. Um, we'd love to bring much more content like that to you during 2019 ourselves. So do keep that feedback coming. We've got some great podcast ideas lined up for you um, for the next couple of weeks and next couple of editions. So I'm really looking forward to getting some of those interviews done and into your earbuds up to over the next couple of weeks. Um, But now we're going to head over and speak to Craig Evans from the Wru, um, who many of you will know perhaps from who've been out on the seven circuit for the last couple of years. He's been doing lots of sevens, but is also um, similarly tracking well in the 15s a game. So let's head over to um, speak to Craig. So, today on the podcast, we are joined by Craig Evans from the WRU. Um, Craig's from Gleneath and became a full time referee in 2015 at the age of 23, having been a personal trainer before that. Um, and he joined, um, obviously, the likes of Nigel Owens on the Union's full panel of full time referees um, at the same time as Ben Whitehouse came on as well. Um, having come through the WIU referees academy system, um, obviously identified very early as a referees with huge potential. Um, So since then, Craig has been the Principality Premiership Referee of the Year in 2015, um, and officiated all through Rugby Europe 7s, Olympic qualifiers, onto the 15s and the Junior World Championships in Manchester under 26 nations, and then joined the Sevens World Series in 2016 and hasn't looked back since. I think it's be fair to say. Um, this year he'll be involved in six of the ten men's tournaments um, of the coming season, which kicks off in Dubai this weekend. Um, so Craig, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you're actually joining us from Bloemfontein this time. The joy of global travel, um, keeping your the tabs up on your um, Pro 14 refereeing duties. Um, so thanks for joining us. Ah, uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, we that's obviously ask- some backstory for a 27-year-old, um, but what's missing so far from that is kind of how you got into rugby and refereeing. Can you fill us on the missing bits?
1: Yeah, fine. Fine, no problem. Um, cut the long story short, um, my brother was always going to be a better player than I was. So I realised that at a, <laughs> at a young age and I thought, right, what route can I take to stay involved in the game and, and, and go as far as I can? So it just started off by helping my Local, um, my local junior team on the weekend referees not turning up or maybe I had a few too many on the Saturday night and calling off games in the morning so I just said to my parents look my team is folded they're both on the committee if you want me to go on a course and help out until the new season then I'm more than willing to do it and the new season came I went to watch a few games in the Cesar and yeah like you say I'm sat in Bloemfontein now nearly, nearly 10 years later and I didn't really look back um course, cool. so that's, yes. that's not a bad story. Yeah, it's been really good. No, it's been really good in fairness.
0: Cool. So, I mean, most people have seen you. Um, perhaps, if outside of Wales, perhaps on the seven circuit, obviously with a um, plenty of experience there. Would you say that you are a seven specialist referee? Obviously, we talked. We talked to Craig Joubert in episode um, six, I think it was about the seven circuit. Um, you th- would you say you're a seven specialist?
1: I probably won't put my name on specialist in the in the same sentence just yet. Um, Probably a bit too far to go, but yeah, look, I've been on it for two years now. Uh, and in the two seasons, I've done 17 tournaments. Uh, two of which last year were the Commonwealth Games and the World Cup, which were pretty special experiences and something you know I'll always I'll always remember and, and cherish for the opportunity and, and the experiences it gave me. But, um, yeah, look, I was grateful for the opportunity Paddy O'Brien gave me uh, back in 2016, which all kicked off in Dubai. Uh, unfortunately not in Dubai this year for the reasons you said i 'm um, um, over in South Africa the pro Four team, but the sevens has been um an amazing an amazing two years and I think I speak for the whole group that's on the sevens that the benefits you have from it, the experiences you can get from it, and just being part of that um, uh, high performance environment for two week blocks at a time away from home under the pressure and intensity of those games will only grow will only grow the individual um, both mentally, physically, and not just as a referee, but also as a human being as well.
0: Mm. Actually, that's one of the things. When we spoke to Craig, um, Craig Dubert, in episode six, you can go back and listen to it, listeners, um, he spoke a lot about the the team ethos of the seven. It's not just about getting out there and running around for 40 minutes at a time. It's that that two-week block. So what's your view of, of, of how that works in practice? Talk us through sort of those two-week um, blocks and the sorts of things you get up to.
1: The two-week blocks are really structured. Um, you know, same as a, from a player's point of view, people back home on on social media, they only see what people want them to see. They only mm-hmm. see the good things. Um, you know, they don't see the hanging on in airports, delayed flights, and cancelled flights, and and stuff like that. And people think everyone goes business class, but but trust me, we're we're in economy cattle <laughs> class. So yeah, we're all ordinary. We don't get any special treatment, but. When we're there, we're there to do a job. And how it normally works is, uh, for instance, Dubai, because the tournament is Friday and Saturday, because that's their weekends over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Every, every, everyone will ri- arrive in on the Sunday, the referees. Uh, they'll do um, an active recovery session the Monday morning. So that could be whether it be gym based, pool based, or field based. And in the afternoon, then we do our uh, value session for the season, which we carry through as a team ethos. But then we also go into. Um, Uh, a technical session then looking over stuff that happened the previous year what went well what we can work on and what our focuses are going forward Tuesday then will always be the the hard session of the week we're looking at 60 to 90 minutes on the pitch you know probably covering quite a few K's but it's a lot of Mm. high high intensity running and then we'll do another bit of technical stuff in the afternoon which may follow with a one on one with either Paddy O'Brien or Craig Joubert personal work ons and personal identifications from their reviews of last season. Wednesday um, would be a day off. So, you know, that's a chance to go and see more than a rugby pitch, an airport, and a hotel. Um, and, then the th- and then the Thursday, then you'll do um, an activation session, which once again will either be gym or field. It's just getting the body switched on, getting ready for the weekend ahead. Um, Thursday afternoon is pretty chilled. Uh, you know, we can have a laugh and a joke with the boys you know have a game of cards or just go for a coffee or just it's pretty pretty low key or do your prep for the games which a lot of us do throughout the evenings all week and then um well, Friday and Saturday is what you are there for and then on Sunday you fly onto the second tournament and you practically follow um, a similar similar routine
0: uh, and i guess with you all being away for quite long periods of time i think you touched on it a minute ago talking about that sort of the mental approach to do that how do you um do you work with psychologists or people like that is there someone in camp you can go and talk to about that kind of building that resilience the being away from home thing how, do, how does that all work i think
1: each individual has probably got a connection with someone like that you speak about with their home unions mm. um we were like in fairness to the- to, to the Sevens. We were in Hamilton last year. Um, party of a gentleman came in, uh, Dave Galbrief, who I've done a bit of work with, came in and speak to us. Um, he was the a psychologist for the Chiefs rugby team yep. and also the New Zealand Sevens team. So he came in and gave a, a look on things and you know, we you could really relate to him because he was talking about the environment that we're all living and breathing. So... Look, we we used him for a bit I I still talk to him Um, but you've also got people within their own unions got their own connections to set up so yeah resilience is is a big thing Um, and I think resilience sometimes to obviously not so much the travel sometimes but you know how your games actually go how you actually referee you know because you know a player can make uh, an error whether it's a tackle a knock on and that can be forgotten about but Mm. in sevens especially the referee gives a a penalty that wasn't needed and then that ends up in a quick tap, which can end up in a try, which people talk about, then you get the backlash from that. Sure. Um, um, yeah, I've experienced that once before we're <laughs> not gonna go into that. <laughs> I think I think we all have, I think we you? all look, have, we? I think yeah, look, if you're gonna be on social media, you've got to take the thick with the thin, uh, and just and just get on with it. And, and the beauty of sevens is which is a comparison to fifteens, if if you get a bad game in fifteens that you're not quite happy about you've got a week where you dwell on it until you go it again. Hmm. You're a bad game in sevens, two hours later, two and a half hours later, you've got to forget okay. about it because you're yeah. back on the field with a fresh mind and you've got to attack that.
0: Okay. And, and have you got any particular strategies for, for um, perhaps those people listening to the podcast this weekend on spending an hour or so in the car on their way to a game? Have you got a, a way that you manage to compartmentalise that you park things and move on? Have you got anything that you would um, give any, any tips to listeners for?
1: I'm uh, not really one that, um, that dwells on things. I'm really honest in, in my approach and, and my reviews. So, you know, if I've, if I've done something wrong, um, I'll hold my hands up and I'll say I've done something wrong and then I'm able to park it. I won't try and find an excuse for an error because it just keeps on playing in your mind and you try and justify why you've done something. Mm. Look, if it's, if it's wrong, it's wrong. But I think a good skill to have, which, which I'm quite strong of, is my self-awareness. When I'm going through a game, I'm probably my harshest critic. So sometimes when you get an assessment, um, your PR or assessor, whoever it may be, may not be as harsh as what you've been on yourself, Mm -hmm. but as long as you can see those uh, points before the PR picks it up, that makes the move, that makes the transition into next week a lot easier because you're able to see what they're talking about as well so you can understand it and then you know how to move forward. Like the difficult thing is sometimes when you're like, oh no, that's right, it's got to be right. They've made that decision, and that's your mindset. You're not going to change, and you're going to end up having a bit of a war and a bit of a fight against it. You. you haven't got a fresh mind. So, if you can realize what you're doing as you're going through it, you can um, assess yourself as you're going through, clearly identify the issues, and then you've got a fresh mind going to the next week, and not, you know you're not going to make the same mistake. Or you look, you hope you don't make the same mistake. Okay. So, it's, you, you, can't, you can't dwell on it. You know, you've got to park stuff at least. You know, you do a game on a Saturday, if it's 15s, um, you go through the review on a Monday with the coach or PR on a Tuesday, come the Wednesday, you, you, you've got to just kick it to the curb and, and, and leave it there. Otherwise it's going to affect your preparation for the following, following week, and then you could end up with uh, another bad game. So look, that is, that is a strong personality you need and a, and a trait, but it's one that will help you benefit.
0: Great. So really, really good advice there. So anyone listening to this on the way to a match, if you're still thinking about last week, stop. You can't do anything about last week. Look ahead yeah. to today and figure out what you can learn from last week um, and drive that into the game you've got ahead of you this week. So Craig, um, you are um, now in Bloemfontein on, on the 15s, back on the 16s, oh, on the 15 circuit at the Pro 14. Um so normally you'd be expected to be in perhaps Glasgow or Dublin, but now with two South African sides in the mix, your MLS to Johannesburg must be um, getting, getting pretty high. How, how do you find that balance? A, switching the balance from 7s into 15s, what's that like? But then how do you find that they're travelling such long distances for these sort of week-in, week-out matches?
1: Um, it's my first trip down to um, South Africa, with the Pro 14, but um, you know I've done so much travel on the 7s the last couple of years um, it, it doesn't bother me I think me jumping on a plane now is the same as me going outside in the garage and, <laughs> and, jumping, and jumping in the car it's, like, it's exactly the same thing and I tell people like oh you must be bored of all this travelling how can you do it all the time on a plane I tell them look if you can come home in economy from New Zealand you can go anywhere <laughs> it, took, it took me 42 hours door to door so th- that's fine and you know the travel doesn't bother me anymore you know I've got to go there the plane is how I get there so it's pointless dwelling on it you may as well just get on with it um so as for transitioning between fifteens and sevens, uh, strangely as this seems, uh, I find it easier going from sevens to fifteens. No, sorry, sorry, let me get the other round. i even confused myself, which is not which is an <laughs> odd. Um I find it difficult going from uh sevens back into fifteens compared to when I've had a block of fifteens and I gotta ref some sevens. Yeah. And I think that's probably down to the case of um pictures, uh speed of decisions um how much advantage you play um in sevens compared to fifteens and also the running lines. There's things you there's things you can really use in the fifteens game that you benefit from sevens. There's also stuff in the sevens game that you've got to leave in the airport before you get back on the pitch of fifteens. Mm. So what I tried to do last year is um whenever I'd come home from a sevens tournament, rightly or wrongly, if I land on a Monday, Tuesday, I, I know it's probably not best best practice but I like to try and get out on a Wednesday afternoon or a Wednesday evening regardless of jet lag that I was feeling just to get back into 15s just to iron out the creases um, that I may have from being away for like 17, 18 days um, and just, just getting back on the horse with 15s and you know the first 10 minutes I'm, pr- I'm probably a rabbit in headlights <laughs> even, even though I'm like you say I'm a professional referee it's still a different game it is a different game there's a lot of carryovers you can use but it's still a different game um, it's the first 10 minutes, you know, you know, you've got a scrum, you've got 16 people instead of six, you know, that's quite difficult. <laughs> you, have, you, have like, you have line outs, they're not off the top, you've got people mauling, which another 16 players. So it's just getting your mindset back into the pictures of scrums, getting back into mauls, because I'd rather do that and get my pictures there on a Wednesday. Yeah, maybe I'm tired, but I've been quite good last year doing it. So come a game on a Saturday, you've already had one round the 15, so then you're back on the horse as if nothing has happened. Okay. You know, and, and and I found that really benefited me last year, especially doing them at the tournaments I did and trying to keep my 15s at a high level as well. I, I needed to put that in place, and you know it might not work for some, but it, but it worked for me.
0: It's really really good to hear, and obviously the, the 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 work that Greg Garner's done with the Pro 14 referees to try and get them to be more coherent, uh, gel more as a, a central team, um, and also to to. To bring in the neutral referees' perspective to those games it must be really beneficial for you guys out in the middle.
1: Yeah, look, Greg's done a Greg's done a great job. You know, um, he gave me my first opportunity um, uh, this time last year. He gave me my first opportunity this time last year. And you know, I I thank him for it. And you know, I'll I'll take whatever pro- fourteen game I can with both hands when I know that you know, realistically, my main goal at the moment is. Olympics in in 2020 when they go there with seven, so I know that's my main goal, and it's been quite clear when I speak to all the managers I'm, I'm involved with. That's the main goal, but then after that, then it'll probably be 15s fully. So yeah, Greg's done a Greg's done a great job. You know, we had a good conference in, in August where Stephen Light was there with us talking about coherence, and you know, we're not just it's not just Pro 14 isn't just done by Welsh referees mm. or just done by Irish and Scottish. You know, we're they're a multicultural tournament, so it's trying to bring referees, I think it's from five nations, all together to try and be consistent in our approach. We're all going to be a little bit different because we're all humans and we've got our own personalities, but it's, it's, it's the end product we're, we're looking for with Pro 14 and just getting everyone aligned and, um, like you're saying, as a group as, as, as much as possible.
0: Uh, obviously speaking of, of personalities, you're obviously a, a Welsh referee, um, with one of the biggest personalities out there. How do you find having um Nigel around in, in your in your camps, in your in your yeah, team if uh, lights like, to, to bounce off his experience, but also that personality side of it as well?
1: Yeah, look he's good. He is uh he is a funny bloke and to be <laughs> honest though he's probably got more stories about me than I've uh, than I've got of him. I think half his after dinner speaking is stupid stuff that I've done. And and trust me, <laughs> It's not, it's not done on purpose. I just do stuff, then think. And um, yeah, there's quite a few good stories about me floating around, but I'll let other people tell you about them or maybe if you, at one of his dinners, he can tell you. But look, he's, he's a great guy and I can ask the question, what hasn't he done in World Rugby? You know, and there's, you, you can't give an answer to that. He's done He's done everything, you know, from even done, Li- done a Lions warm-up game, you know, he's done World Cup final, he's done everything. So to to have him at um, to have him at the other end of a phone or at the training session to go through games with, you know, it's phenomenal. And you know, come at the end of the World Cup or at the end of that season in 2020, where he's probably gonna, probably, probably gonna finish. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, look, it'd be, it'd be strange not having him there. It'd be strange not having him there. I'm sure that De will keep him in some capacity because experience and what he can pass on uh, with what he's achieved in the game. Um, Will we'll be phenomenal. Look, if if I could have him as my coach when he finishes, I I jump at I jump at the opportunity.
0: And of course, he started on the seventh circuit as well. So obviously, um, it's good yeah. to watch those those fellow top yeah, top of never, guys having having trod the track that you're um, right on as well. So
1: yeah, he rubs a lot and he rubs a lot of stuff into me sometimes. You know, if he's late for training, yeah, but you're done a World Cup final or <laughs> he's late for he's late for something or you haven't done a European final, but no. If I can go to the Olympics, I got something I can tell him that I've done that he hasn't, and I'll and I'll I'll play on that a lot,
0: of course. And of course, you mentioned the Olympics there. Obviously, twenty nineteen is it the next Olympics? Twenty
1: twenty. Twenty twenty
0: Olympics. So that's obviously the target. Another season there. Um, obviously, we all wish you well in, in that in that tr- progression to get there. It'd be a, uh, great to see you running out there. Um, oh, for, thank you. For those of you, um, perhaps when you're out watching other referees. Um, What's the one thing you find yourself advising most on? Is it personality? Is it management? Um, is it running lines? What's the sort of advice that you tend to find yourself offering to other referees more than anything else?
1: Um, two main things is number one is um, probably positioning. Yep. And obviously, with, position, with your positioning, you're able to um, see. The first offense and not the second mm-hmm. I know fitness, fitness does come into it, but positioning can be a big thing and, and how you move from from face to face so that probably come in, that probably comes together with the uh, running lines you just mentioned and the second thing I probably say is um, uh, when to and when not to blow the whistle when you 've identified in a, an infringement and whether it needs to be blown or whether it needs advantage or whether you can just turn a blind eye to it for the good of the game and for the empathy and, and and continue, because at the moment I'm currently, um, along with Sean Brickle in the W department, I'm looking after um, what we call in Wales a, a level two uh, group of referees, yep. which got about 30-odd referees in there. So every so often we meet in the Vale, um, I think it's every four to six weeks normally, we'll go over some positioning, we'll bring up stuff from their games, which which get videoed, and then um, to finish off the session, and I do a fitness block them as well, because... Um, this, this modern game players are getting fitter and uh, that means referees got to get fitter and you know some of these like, some, some is, a lot of people sometimes they don't really know how to train for what they're doing you know and, and gone are the days of rugby where you do like your 5, 10Ks and a half marathons because you're never really at just one pace through a game there's times you've got to be sharp on your feet and sprint and you've got to turn you need the agility so I'm just giving them a bit of an insight after doing the classroom based stuff yeah. Of how to, how to train so I took them through like how to do a proper warm-up uh, at, at match days I take them through the warm-up in the session and I'm showing them like the sessions I'm doing are like 20-30 minutes that you know everyone's got time to train you know it's, it's not it's not um, quantity it's, it's the quality of what you're actually doing so yeah the two main things coming back to your point would obviously be for me you be positioning and when to and when not the brother whistle because because sometimes you know you, you you know yourself. You can go to every ruck and you can blow your whistle. Yep. You know, and, and in the in the professional game there's two hundred plus rucks a game. And okay, there might not be that many in the lower divisions, but there's still a high number, you know, and if you're gonna blow it every one, then you're not gonna have a game of rugby.
0: That's, that's really good advice there for anyone listening, looking to make the step up from where they are at the moment. Craig, that's been really, really good um, to talk to you. Um, getting a real insight into what it's like um, on the 7th circuit, but also on, as what it's like on, as a travelling fifteen aside. So, thank you very much for um, sparing a bit of time for us for the podcast today, and wish you well over the forthcoming season. We'll keep your eye out for you.
1: Oh, no problem. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from rugbyreferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates, and reviews, wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, we'd also. Um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues friends community um about this podcast this is the only rugby referee podcast out there um so we hope to get to more earbuds um over time we'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments so please let us have them um you can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com um, or you can find us through the rugby dot net website um, or through twitter at rugby referee net which is the same handle you'll find on instagram as well we're in all those places so please do let us know what you think let us know what you want um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future so for now that is advantage over